0: God is good, and I've really been enjoying this series that we have been in. It's good to be reminded, isn't it, that we have an enemy and that there's benefits that we derive from resisting that enemy, for, for standing strong and having done all the stand we stand there for. Amen? And today we're finishing our series called The Necessity of an Enemy, and I'm preaching part two of the message Breaking Through Enemy Lines. Somebody needs to remind me that when I speak on messages like this, that God does test us when we get up here, doesn't he? I've been told that before. I should be preaching on prosperity or something. I tell myself that all the time, or on the blessings of the Lord, or something like that. But no, i got to teach and speak on uh, uh, breaking through enemy lines, so I've been doing some of that on my own. Amen. So last week, Pastor Joe taught that when we get a promise from God, that between the promise and the promised land, between the dream and the fulfillment of it, between the vision and the reality, guess what? There will be times of testing and temptation and enemies to overcome and problems to solve. Can I get an amen? Amen. I mean, really, that sounds like the bad news, but there's also some good news. So even after you enter the promised land, even when your vision is accomplished, there will be enemies in the land. Obviously, that is the bad news, but here's the good news. The Bible tells us exactly what we're up against. The Bible tells us exactly who these enemies are. So guess what? You know what? We'll be prepared. God doesn't leave us hanging there, not knowing what to do. We we can be prepared to defeat those enemies. And, And when the children of Israel entered into the promised land, all they had to really do was cross over the Jordan, and everything was theirs right? Well, not exactly. It was theirs. Everything was theirs. But guess what? They had to fight for it. They had to do battle in order to get what God had given to them. In Deuteronomy 1.8, God said, see, I have given you the land. He's saying that to you today. I gave you the land. Go in and take possession of the land. You see, we have to remember that the Hebrew word for possess here means to occupy, but that's not all, by driving out previous tenants and seizing their place. That sounds like some work, doesn't it? That sounds like some warfare. As great as the land was, the children of Israel and us two still have to possess it. They had to drive out, this is amazing, 31 kings and seven nations. That's a lot of enemies to fight. Deuteronomy 7, 1 through 12 says this. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are entering to possess and drives out before you many nations, the Hittites, Girgashites, these are the enemies, the Amorites, Canaanites, Parasites, the Hivites, and Jebusites, seven nations larger, hear this, larger and stronger than you are. Your enemy is stronger than you are. And when the Lord your God has delivered them, the Lord your God will deliver them. This is powerful. Over to you. And you have defeated them. You will defeat your enemies. I want you to hear that this morning. When you have defeated them, then you must destroy them totally. That goes along with what Pastor Joe was saying. Can't hold on to just a little bit of that enemy. A little bit of that Pet sin that you're holding on to, you must destroy them totally. Israel faced enemies larger and stronger than themselves, and so do we. But They, our enemies, and Israel's enemies, were not, and I say this in the name of Jesus, they were not larger or stronger than our almighty God. He has won the victory. We're fighting from a place of victory, not defeat. And the enemy, yes, he's stronger than you, but he is not and never will be, not for any time or any moment, stronger than God. And that is where our hope and our faith is. God has a plan to defeat, had a plan to defeat Israel's enemies. And he has a plan for you to defeat your enemies. So each of these seven nations represents enemies that we have to defeat in order to break through to our promises. This is what I was talking about. God shows us who our enemies are. The children of Israel had to defeat them and we must overcome the same enemies today. No time for passivity. No time for laying down and doing nothing. It is time for war. It is time to fight, to defeat the enemies. And to do that, guess what? You have to understand them. Knowledge is very important of who your enemy is. We have to understand them. So today we're going to look at the meanings of their names. Pastor Joe started this last week. Names in the Bible were very symbolic of character. To, so as we study these names, it's going to give us insight on how each of these spirits operate. And you're going to see yourself and see the, the enemy in, every, in each and every one of these because they all attack all of us. So listen carefully, okay? So Pastor Joe last week talked about the first enemy, and that first enemy was the Hittite spirit. The Hittite means fear or terror. Don't you think we all deal with that at one time or another in our lives? Come on. Do I get an Amen. We all struggle with fear. We struggle with fear, but we don't give in to fear. We struggle with it. We battle it. We resist it, not in our own strength, but in the strength of God. It can be so strong sometimes that it can just drain our strength. It can just bring us down, and we have to have the courage to fight that because fear does what? It paralyzes us. That's just what the enemy wants. It's one of his main tools, and Pastor Joe did a great job of explaining that last week. And the spirit of uh, uh, fear can attack everyone, and when fear hits us, guess what? We're not operating in faith. And without faith, we can't please God, right? We do everything by faith in God. Well, I definitely had to overcome a Hittite spirit of fear when I was first called to preach. And... Uh, Even now, as I'm preaching, (laughs) the enemy attacks you. Let me tell you, when you step out, whatever your destiny is, listen to me, you will be attacked. And the spirit of fear will try to come on you. It can just wear you down. But I was so afraid in those early days. Now, I'm not afraid these days like I was in the early days. Not to say I never have any fear. But I was so afraid that I wouldn't be a good preacher. Well, look who I was comparing myself to. (laughs) come on (laughs) which the bible says don't compare yourselves right you're unwise but i did it anyways i'm just telling you i did so i was just i would study really really hard but study has always been difficult for me uh not because i can't do it because but because i'm undisciplined sometimes and it's hard it's a lot of work so i would be a little bit undisciplined and i would get fearful and and i would get ready to preach and i would just hear these thoughts going through my head like pastor joe said and and i've always ended up feeling like I wasn't a good preacher, that nobody was really getting anything out of what I was saying. And, and I would doubt myself, and, and I would get to the point where I just wanted to quit. And I would struggle with that all the time. You know, thank God I had Pastor Joe, because he, was, he spoke into my life. And we all need that when we're trying to find our destiny. But I would say things like, literally, I just don't have what it takes. I'm just not smart enough and, and I would want to give up. And that's how the hit tight spirit works. It comes at you and it uses fear to break you down and break you down and break you down. But guess what? I kept rising up and rising up and rising up. And to this day, I am still rising up. I'm not saying I'm fully delivered of all of that. I have bad times, trust me, when I tell myself again, oh, gosh, I've said everything I have to say. What more can I give? And I just keep getting up here and just keep following my destiny. I didn't give up, and I used the word of God, and that is a key. I'm telling you that is a key. It's so simple, but why don't we do it? 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love but perfect fear perfect love drives out fear and 1 corinthians 9:16 i claimed this verse when i preach the gospel i cannot boast that is for sure for i am compelled to preach woe to me if i do not preach the gospel Woe to all of us if we do not find our destiny. But it took so much courage. I'm, I'm serious. Probably one of the most uh, courageous things I've done in my life to overcome that spirit of fear. Because, see, courage doesn't mean the absence of fear. It means doing it anyways even when you're afraid. You're going to be afraid. There's no doubt about it. Satan wants to stop you. It's, but to overcome that Hittite spirit, we do it anyway. So I'm I'm commissioning you today. Whatever your destiny is, do it anyway. The second enemy that Pastor Joe talked on was the Amorite spirit. The word Amorite comes from the root word meaning to talk. And he talked about that. Every single weapon that Satan uses involves words. He'll use things like deception. That's a big one. Or temptation or accusation or condemnation. How can you do anything when you're feeling all that? And his power is the power of words. We cannot overcome the words of the enemy by just being passive. We do it the same way that Jesus did. What did Jesus do? He spoke the word. The word of God will overcome the enemy. So we looked at the Hittite spirit, the Amorite spirit. Now the third one today is where I am beginning, and it's called the Gergeshite spirit. The name Gergeshite, this is so good. It means clay dwellers. Like, what? Clay dwellers? Clay, what does clay refer to? Clay refers to the earth, which means earthliness. Or worldliness. It's a spirit of the world. And the enemy wants to get your focus off of the things of God and onto the things of the world. If he can do that, get you to think about earthly and worldly things, then he's got you. He wants you to focus on things that are temporal instead of things that are eternal. And in, fle- in our flesh, it's so easy to do that, isn't it? 2 Corinthians 14 says, We, that's all of us, fix our eyes... Not on what is seen, meaning all the things of the world, right? But on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. But what is unseen is eternal. You see, the enemy wants you to focus on the things around you that you can, st- you can see. Instead of having faith in what we cannot see. The total, it's the total opposite of what the Bible teaches us in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We know that verse. I bet everyone in here knows that verse. But do we live that verse? There's a big difference between the two. But the Gergeshite spirit wants you to put your faith in what you can see. And when you do that, guess what? Those things become idols in your life. Because you're trusting in those things. You're leaning on those things instead of leaning on the word of God. You're, you're, you're serving an idol. And we also know that the Girgashites built idols in the land. An idol is a false god. It is extreme devotion to something or someone other than God. Idolatry is putting people or things before God. What are some common idols that we bow down to in America? How about things like money? You know, no matter how much money we make, it's never enough. How about things? No matter how much stuff we have, it's never enough. And then there's things like food. Put on your steel-toed boots. Sex, entertainment, all of these things can be idols in our lives. And here's the thing, none of these things are bad in themselves. Thank you, God. God wants to bless us with good things, but only when they take first place in our hearts. When we hold on to them, when we look to them, when we turn to them instead of looking and turning to God. God told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 7:5, this is what you're supposed to do to them. This is what I want you to do to them, your idols. Break down their altars. Smash their sacred stones. Burn their idols in the fire. I'm going to tell you, it's so easy to cling to those things that will separate us from God. And that will take the place of God in our lives, but God is saying, smash them down. Amen. I'm just speaking that over you and over myself in the name of Jesus break free of those idols. Break them down. God wants to give us breakthrough so that we can break free of idolatry in our lives, but we must put God back in his rightful place in our lives. And I would say this to you. If you're struggling with doing that, just tell God, maybe I'm not even willing. I did this and I still do this to this day. It's been so effective in my life. Be honest with God. I don't have the strength to do it. I'm Probably not even willing, God. I love that new car. I love that new house, whatever it might be. But, God, my heart says, Make me willing. Make me willing, God. That's powerful. Woo, I got Holy Ghost goosebumps on that one. So he wants us to break through so we can break free. And, and there, is only one, there is one and only one place that God needs to be in your life and your life and yours and yours and yours. Guess what place that is? First place. God wants to be first place in our lives. That means we have to get serious, church, about dealing with our idols. We hear these messages all the time, but are we doing it? That means, hey, maybe maybe you should put away your credit card and, and spend a little less money. Ouch. You didn't hear that. <laughs> maybe we should watch less TV and, and instead read our Bible. Or, or maybe we could end a relationship. That draws us away from God. Whatever it might be. That list could go on and on and on and on forever. Whatever it might be in your life. Whatever it takes. Put God first. You will be so thankful that you did. God wants to bless you. So destroying our idols and having faith. Are the solutions. To that Gergishite spirit. The fourth enemy is the Canaanite spirit. Listen. All the people dwelling in the promised land of Canaan were Canaanites, okay? So the Canaanite spirit definitely affects us all. It attacks us all. Now, the word Canaan has a double meaning. You're going you're to identify with this. I know you will. The first meaning is to humiliate, to bring down low, and to subdue. The enemy wants to humiliate. Hum- humiliate you. He wants to bring you down low, take your confidence so you will never break through into the promised land. And he does that so so carefully. And and he does it very well. But we have the word of God, don't we? The second meaning of the word Canaan and this is where I'm going to kind of land a little bit is merchant or trafficker. See, Canaanites made their living as merchants. Listen to Hosea 12:7. The merchant uses dishonest scales he loves to defraud. You know what the word merchant means there? Canaan. So the Canaanites were merchants that were defrauding and using dishonest scales and and traffickers. Webster's Dictionary defines a trafficker as a person who trades in illegal goods. So they were traffickers, they were dishonest, they were defrauding, and a trafficker, trafficker trades one thing for another. See what that spirit wants to do? That spirit wants to get you to trade one thing the things of God for something else. Ezekiel 28:18 tells us that Satan was a trafficker. Wow. It says this, by your many sins and the iniquity of your traffic, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. When we put it all together, this is what we conclude that the Canaanite spirit brings us down by convincing us to trade one thing, the thing of God, for another, the things of the enemy. It wants us to trade our privileges in God for Satan's counterfeits. When that spirit does that, he's got you. Remember the story of, I love this story, Jacob and Esau. Esau traded his birthright for a pot of stew What a trade-off. Your birthright for temporary satisfaction. He gave up the promised land for a bowl of meat and potatoes. At least it could have been like a steak or something like that. But stew? He forfeited a lifetime of blessings for a moment's gratification. Don't you see how subtle and sinister the enemy is But we're exposing him today. Maybe that's why I've had so much warfare over this message. What trade, I'm asking you, have you made with the enemy? What have you traded? What privilege have you traded for Satan's counterfeit? What promises have you traded for Satan's lies? What birthright have you traded for a pot of stew? That's between you and God. But I feel the Holy Spirit working. I feel conviction falling on this house right now. Because you can hear the word and not do anything about it. But you're going to do something. I feel it. I feel the Holy Spirit moving right now. Here's some things that we trade. Prayer and Bible study for our favorite TV shows. Nothing wrong with TV. But are we spending more time, way more time with that than in the word of God? Good stewardship for self-indulgence. A clear conscience for the pleasures of sin. God forbid. God, heal us. So how, how do we get free of this spirit? So in the book of Joshua, the children of Israel were defeated by their enemy. And as a result, Joshua cried out to the Lord. That's normally what we do. We sin, we get defeated, and then we start crying out to the Lord. He cried out to the Lord, and here's God's reply in Joshua 7 Israel sinned. This is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy, come on, whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Our sin causes us to be devoted to destruction. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove it. The, in, the items devoted to destruction were referring to the plunder that the children of Israel hid in their tent after the battle of Jericho. God told them, destroy everything that belonged to the enemy, and they disobeyed, and they held on to some of it. And the Canaanites were able to defeat them because of hidden sin. And the only way to conquer our enemy is to remove the hidden sin in our lives. Don't blame God when everything is going wrong and the enemy is walking all over you. Where's the hidden sin? So I encourage you today that if there is hidden sin in your life, that you first confess it to God. And that secondly, you find a trusted pastor or friend or a mentor and you confess it to them. Confess your sin because it's better to confess than to conceal your sin. Luke 12, 2. There is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. Be sure your sins will find you out. You don't have to trade your inheritance for a pot of stew. You don't. You can have all of the promised land that you want. But there's things you have to do. Number 5, the fifth enemy is the parasite spirit. The para The parasite refers to an inhabitant of an open country or people who dwell in unwalled villages. And the word comes from the root meaning to separate. The parasites were nomads. They wanted to be free, free to wander, free to go wherever they wanted to go without responsibility or accountability to any kind of a community or or an authority. The parasite spirit, I'm telling you right now, is alive and well today. And COVID hasn't helped that any. That, that, that You will recognize that spirit in, in people. They just go from relationship to relationship, never committing to one person. They wander from job to job, never moving ahead in a career because they have no sustainability. And, and they just keep moving everywhere. And we see it in church where, where people wander from church to church. And even more serious today to me is people wandering in their heart from the church very serious to me not something we want to see there are some people obviously for health reasons they they have to stay home because they can't attend church because of covid but there are so many people who have just simply wandered away and they use it as an excuse sometimes they're not in church some have wandered away from giving some have wandered away from serving and as a result Most churches, and this is so heavy, in America are down in attendance, down in giving, and struggling to find volunteers to serve. Isn't that just what the enemy wants? And that's true at grace. But it's not going to stay true. Amen. It's not going to stay that way by the grace and the mercy of God. But there are several scriptures about people who wandered from the faith. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, Some people have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Woo! Pierced themselves. Wandering from the faith will not end well. So how do we overcome the wandering spirit? We do what Psalms 92.13 says, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. If you go to Grace, you've probably heard that a hundred times. But it is true. Being planted means I join a local church. I put down roots. I don't just attend occasionally, but on a regular basis. I get involved. I give. I commit. I serve. And the Hebrew word uh, from which uh, flourish comes from means to grow abundantly. Who wants to grow abundantly? Who wants to do everything I just preached about? It also means to break out. So when you're connected, I believe this with all my heart. Hopefully I do because I'm a pastor, right? But when you're connected to the church, I'm telling you there is a blessing. You flourish when you are connected to the house of God. You won't experience breakthrough. I'm telling you by wandering from church to church, you have to find where God wants you, get planted, and stay there. And then you will flourish. You will overcome the wandering parasite spirit. Sixth one. The sixth enemy is the Hivite spirit. The Hivites actually seemed like very loving people, peaceful, loving people. As a matter of fact, the name Hivite means life giver. They were family oriented. They avoided war. They seemed so good that it was hard to see them as an enemy. How many of those do we have in our lives right? The fear of being destroyed by israel uh, for i mean i 'm sorry for fear of being destroyed by Israel, the hivites. The Hivites pretended that they were from a faraway land. When they encountered Joshua, they showed worn out sacks and old wineskins and they made it look like they had traveled a long way. Can you see the deception that's coming in here? They let Joshua sh- sample their provisions and they told him they would be his they were his servants, but they must have been really convincing because Joshua had no clue that this was this tribe was an enemy. He totally fell for it. So you know what he did? He made an alliance with them and violated the command of God not to make a covenant with the enemies in the land. He didn't, he did it and he did, he, was, he was deceived. So over all those, as he went through this, it's like, what if he had in- inquired of the Lord? What if he had talked to God and, and asked God before he made an alliance with enemies. But you see, this spirit wants to deceive us into an unholy alliance. And in our walk with God, we will have to recognize the spirits. Many times these, uh, these, this spirit seems like friends. Right. Like someone we can trust. But in the end, they will turn on you. So you better inquire of the Lord. And sometimes that's hard to discern. Another reason why we need to pray. But... Joshua was not able to, uh, to discern wisely. Joshua nine fourteen through 15 helps explain why Joshua could be deceived. And I alluded to it already. The men of Israel sampled the provisions. Seems like the thing to do. Uh... But they did not inquire of the Lord. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them and let them live. If something looks really good to you and you think this is safe, I can trust this. But you haven't asked God about it first. Watch out. Inquire of the Lord. Don't make assumptions like that. Joshua did not inquire and he entered into an unholy alliance because he didn't seek the Lord. The seventh enemy is the Jebusite spirit. The Jebusite comes from the root word meaning to trample, or tread down underfoot. You know what that spirit wants to do? It wants to trample your dreams. It wants to kill all of your destiny. It wants to bring you down and trample you underfoot. It wants you to, it, to lose your hope or your confidence. Uh, it wants you to be discouraged. And it means the, 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 the Jebusite, Jebusite spirit actually means to deprive of courage, hope, or confidence. Do you see that rampant right now in our society and even in our churches? He wants to speak negative things to you, to discourage you, and to bring you down. And, that, and, and when this happens, guess what? We lose heart. We lose heart. We stop believing that we can succeed. In 2 Corinthians four sixteen, Paul said, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. I love that. Listen, maybe on the out, out, outside you're feeling discouraged and, and that spirit is attacking you, but inwardly you are being renewed by the spirit of God. Receive that today. You see, you, if you aren't seeing answers to prayer, if you're not seeing deem, dreams come true, when you get discouraged, here's what happens. We do what's called unstring our bow. And if you go back to 2 Corinthians four sixteen, where it says, do not lose heart, the phrase lose heart, Listen now, means to unstring your bow. What can you catch with a bow that isn't strung? Nothing. It means to unstring your bow and not see for a lack of not seeing any game. So someone's out hunting, they can't see any game, they unstring their bow. So this, this spirit attacks you and you're feeling discouraged and down. You know what happens? You unstring your bow. You lose heart. You shrink back. Your hope is gone. And that is exactly what the Jebusite spirit wants. It wants you to unstring your bow, to lose sight of your breakthrough, of your promised land of, of blessing and your destiny. But I am speaking it over you today that you will not lose heart you are going to take hold of all that God has for you you are going to go forward and your your latter rain church I'm telling you it's going to be greater than that former rain and for every attack of the enemy against you God has moved on your behalf and he is making a way where there is no way for you to break through into your destiny and into your promised land but that enemy wants to wear you out so you will understand Unstring your bow, but you're not unstringing your bow, and he wants you to stop fighting because as long as the enemy occupies our land, guess what? We won't receive our blessings. Do you know what the that the children of Israel could not drive out the Jebusites from the land? You know why? They're tenacious. That spirit is so tenacious. It has endurance. This enemy is the most tenacious enemy that we will face. It will drain your strength by appearing impossible to break through. But what is impossible with man is possible with God. You can break through. You will break through. You're in the process of breakthrough. And the enemy wants you to unstring your bow. He wants you to be discouraged and hopeless. But we are not without hope he wants you to shrink back but listen to what god says about that in hebrews ten thirty five. do not throw away your confidence <laughs> don't throw it away it will be richly rewarded you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of god you will receive what he promised thank give god a hand offering for in just a little while i like that He who is coming will come, and he will not delay. But my righteous will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we, church we. Grace Fellowship Church, those out listening online, we are not of those who shrink back and de- are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. Okay, maybe for a minute you did shrink back. Maybe you fell, but a righteous man falls and he rises seven times because you are not giving up. Maybe you unstrung your bow. I'm telling you today, go buy another string and put that string on that bow because there is game out there. And we are going to come into the promise land that God has promised Grace Fellowship Church and you're a part of that. So what discouraging situation are you facing today? Maybe it's an addiction to drugs or alcohol or a relationship problem. Maybe it's a chronic health issues or fear or anger or jealousy or discouragement or poverty. Whatever you are facing in the name of Jesus, I declare breakthrough and victory. Don't give up. Don't unstring your bow. You can break through... The enemy lines and overcome the fear-based Hittite spirit through faith in God. The Amorite spirit that speaks by the word of God. You can overcome him. The worldly and adulterous Gergeshite spirit by putting God first. The low living Canaanite spirit by confessing your sin to God. The wandering Parasite spirit by getting planted in the house of God. The deceptive Hivite spirit by seeking discernment from God and the discouraging Jebusite spirit by refusing to stop fighting. We will break through. We will conquer. We will have the victory. Not just a victory. We will have total victory. In Jesus' name, receive it, receive it. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for your victory in our lives. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God.